Okay, so when I wrote this blog post years ago, I said above there, hey, this example might be a little bit crude because it is. And what I was talking about was a quick way of seeing your spouse as your standard of beauty. Anyway, in the comments, this guy said, he said, it's not crude. It's meaningless. It's a meaningless mind game absent of value. Hey, but if it helps you, then I'm all for it. In a super patronizing sort of way. <laughs> anyway, I got a little bit spicy with him. <laughs> and I said, Mike, I disagree. It's choosing to focus on all that is good in your wife and propping her up as the ultimate beauty in your life. I'd argue that following media's imposed definitions of beauty more likely constitutes a quote-unquote meaningless mind game absent of value. Oh, oh snap. I'm about to end this man's whole career. Done. What career? But I'm not a rapper. What career? Look. Boom. Bam. Bop. Bada bop. Boom. Pow. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage. Sex. Communication. Finances. Priorities. Purpose. And everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. I think this is probably one of the posts that got a lot of traction Mm -hmm. for us kind of early on, and then... You definitely got some, you know, some pushback or some encouragement. Well, I think it hits on a felt need, right? So people, they have this constant tension between, hey, I'm supposed to be, uh, you know, always attracted to my wife or to my husband, Mm -hmm. no matter what. But I always, but I feel this constant pull away from him or her because, you know, there's this idea of beauty and I see the same person day in and day out. Right. She, she, he or she is aging or life's happening and there's this constant tension. So you have people that either say, yes, good job. That's what I want to hear. And Mm -hmm. it helps kind of minister in that way. Right. Or you have people that are like, they just, it rubs them the wrong way. Right. Right. Well, and I think, you know, it's being more proactive versus reactive. You know, we're always saying, guys, just bounce your eyes, bounce, bounce, bounce. Where this is taking the proactive approach of saying, look at your wife as your standard of beauty. And I think for wives, um, yes, your your man can be your standard of, you know, masculinity or your standard. Right. I just feel like for wives, it's more of our ultimate desire. You know, you are yeah. you are our desire. You are the one I want. I don't want this other guy or I don't want things about this other guy. Right. I want you. And so yeah, forming so those desires. It's In other words, appreciating what the spouse God has given you. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we go forward. So let's... Let's do our, our housekeeping. Let's warm up a little bit. I think we really could use a warm up today. Sure. Uh, so quickly, the housekeeping is if you haven't yet, uh, please leave a rating, a star rating for this podcast. If you feel led to leave a review, please do that as well. If you have done it, thank you. If you're not aware, ratings and reviews are the, are the currency of the podcasting world. So we'd <laughs> very much appreciate it if this content's helping you. Tell somebody via a rating. Uh, if you would like to join arms with us, there's now a way to do that via patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Our mission is pretty simple, pretty clear. We want to point couples to Christ and commission marriages for the gospel. You can now be a part of that. We've actually been able to bring on a part-time helper to mm-hmm. schedule interviews because of our Patreon community. Yes. That is explicitly because of you 
supporters. Right now we have 89 patrons. Wow. Yeah, we're almost to our first goal of 100. God. But we're already doing what our goal promised, so that's awesome. Awesome. And we hired somebody, and we have interviews in the pipeline. Yes. We have two in the pipeline, yeah. Almost, no, three now. Oh, three. Yes. Well, one, we're on someone else's podcast. Oh. um, (laughs) Yeah, and finally, if you have any questions or (laughs) comments throughout this, we got an an incredible question. We'll talk about it next week um, via our our call-in line, or you can text in. It's 971-333-1120. Okay, so that was our housekeeping. For the warm-up, I just want to do a quick heart check, but name this when I complain, because this is the second time we're having to record this. We actually recorded this, like, what, four Should or five days ago? Should we do highs ago? and lows, and this is your low? This is my low. Uh, Boy, does it feel low right now. It it's a, low. The sting is fresh. Yeah. It's still swollen. Um, yeah, we, we went back to, to edit this podcast episode, and the original audio had, like, this really weird clicking and at first, I was like in denial. I'm like, yeah. oh, we can just put it out there. People won't care. And then it got worse. Yeah. You just can't do We can't do that to you. We can't just do it to can't you. do that to you. Because it so would drive here, me nuts. And here, you're probably wondering what's wrong with your, with <laughs> your, your headphones. headphones. Or your phone. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's your first time listening, you'd be like, this is the worst recording ever. I'm never <sighs> listening to them again. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't so, even know what they're saying. I can't hear. I just hear Here we clicking. are <laughs> having another recording. It's but you know right. what? Talking to you is one of my favorite things to do. So, Same. So. Lucky and us. At least we'll just say round one was just a warm up run. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I guess I can start with. So the heart check is three questions that we like to do. It's what book is in your hand, what voice is in your ear, and what's stirring in your heart. Yeah, and we'll just go through these real quick yeah. because, uh, frankly, we don't have our normal uh, time allotment for this. So hopefully, <laughs> if our kids, if our kids uh, j- jump in at some point, that's. Uh, this anyway, is our just, life, people. This is our life. This is our life. <laughs> oh, so we'll try to be quicker. <laughs> <laughs> um, the book that's in my hand currently is uh, Jen Wilkins' In His Image, and it's talking about the incommunicable and communicable Ooh. traits of God, and it's rocking my but world right now. What does right that now. mean? What's in the incommunicable? traits are traits that only God has that we don't or that we're not being like sanctified Right, like two or in, so omnipre- he's omnipresent, he's omniscient, he's, mm. you know, Jehovah Rapha, he's it's just him. Those are things that are exclusively God. And there are things that are. But then there are the are communicable in- traits, which are um, like holiness, justice, um, loving, <laughs> basic stuff and like, the like that. To create Showing to mercy. some extent. Yes. And so yeah. she's answering this question ultimately. Um, you know, we always ask as Christians, what is God's will for my life? And she's like, the Bible is very clear. It's to be more like Jesus. <laughs> and that's... It's not what you do. It's who you are. It's who right? you who are. Who you become. Yep. yep. So um, do you want to do what book is in your hand? Yeah. Quickly, I'm reading uh, Strong and Weak by Andy Crouch. Uh, it's very... So we're starting research for our next book. Mm-hmm. Our next book, we have to get the publisher bought in officially on it. But it's going to be around this idea of living your life um, It. In, in transparency and vulnerability uh, in your marriage, but also in community with others and knowing yourself in terms of actually knowing how you're created and the God who created you. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that, um, I'm starting to research for that in this book, Strong and Weak, is part of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Got yeah. So uh, another part of my research is actually the in our research, we're writing this book together, uh, <laughs> is I'm listening to a new podcast. I don't want to re- reveal what it is yet because I've just started listening to it, but I will say that... It is amazing in how it's challenging what I'm thinking. I just want to make sure that uh, I don't recommend something that maybe down the line is different than I originally thought. Mm. But that that will just be, I guess, a cliffhanger. <laughs> there you go. Right? There but you go. It's been it's been wrecking me 
in a really, really good way. And it's all orthodox theology, all that kind of stuff, but really looking at the world and our culture from um, a different standpoint and how to actually approach that as people of Jesus, people who follow Jesus. So That's awesome. Um, the voice that's in my ear lately has honestly just been music. I've been throwback. We've been, I've had Natasha Bedingfield's unwritten song in my head and we've been, I've been listening to it. It's weird. It came on at the gym once and then I was like, Oh, I remember that song. And I remember the bit? time. No, <laughs> I remember the time in our life that we just got back from Switzerland and we had just, I had just wanted to keep running. And that was cause I'd started running in Switzerland to kind of meet with God. And then I came back and I wanted to keep that. And that was that song. That was the song of like that time. And so, so funny. I just, all of these thoughts and feelings and reminders of what that time was i think it was just kind of interesting how that's hilarious that is. why is that hilarious? well no, it's, that's not hilarious what's hilarious is what that brings to my mind and it's that james blunt song <laughs> y'all beautiful i know it was such a crazy uh, time in music and that's like yeah there's songs there there's songs <laughs> i know all time but there's songs in our you know everybody has those songs where you listen to it and just takes you back music is a powerful thing i have so. a playlist from 2005 <laughs> Just, just for that reason. Just, it's like just the if Swiss I want to go back playlist, in time. Yep. <laughs> so anyways, um, and then what is stirring in my heart? I think God has given me my word for the year, and I, I really believe it's trust. Mm. I think I talked about joy and service, but I, I really am believing it's trust right now. There's a lot of um, things that I'm being challenged with in circumstances and relationships, and I'm learning to trust God and trust his goodness um, mm. in the midst of it. So That's amazing. Uh, what's on my heart right now, other than my heartburn from having to re- repeat this episode? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've been feeling a little bit of the, uh, I had a birthday, uh, last, last week and I've been feeling a bit of the tension of, okay, now what? Like what, what's, what's life gonna, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with this life? Especially that whole dying thing really messed with my head, almost dying. Yeah. And it's like every year, it's great. It's a wonderful reminder of God's grace that I didn't die. Mm-hmm. And I still have to, I still have this family. We get to work, we get to live alongside each mm-hmm. other and we have our babies and yep. it's amazing life that God's blessed us with. But also it's, I always have this like tension in my heart. And so yeah. honestly, I'm just, uh, I think tomorrow I'm supposed to go off and do my be and believe day with, with God. And so I'm just going to just get some time with him and, and not focus on me as much, but just focus on him. (laughs) I think I need that. That's probably good. Yeah, probably good. Probably good. Okay. So today we're talking about, so if you didn't see the title of the podcast episode, it's this, it is making your spouse, your husband or your wife, your standard of attraction or your standard of beauty, right? So it's based on a blog post we wrote. You wrote. I wrote. Yeah. Many (laughs) years ago. And here's the premise. Just so we're all on the same page, and we do have some scripture that we're going to obviously root ourselves in. But this this whole idea came from when I was asked, we were still dating, I believe, or we were engaged. Mm-hmm. And I was asked to go and speak to a group of high schoolers at a, at a Christian high school about a, a number of things. But I ended up talking about relationships as being one of those things. Because when you're in high school, it's like relationships are... are Everything. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> and so... You know, while I was in college at the time, we were in college at the time, and I I was shared about the, I'd shared an anecdote of how going to University of Washington. So we went to a small Christian high school. That's where Selena and I met. My mom was an administrator, and I just it was like falling. It was love at first sight when I saw this girl, <laughs> and she wouldn't have anything to do with me. Thanks. And, and then Selena finally Thanks came around. That. She came around. My um, my charm is your braces came off. Your <laughs> hair was all one color, and you wore clothes that fit. So I was like, wait, is who's this new kid? Hey, this was the height of like '90s grunge. All right, and, <laughs> and I you was were in I it. was in it. I was in the band and everything. <laughs> 
play guitar. <laughs> anyway, that's a different story. Um, and so we met in high school and then when we left to go to college, we went from the small high school of like not, uh, probably 60 people mm-hmm. in our graduating class mm-hmm. to I'm in a class, an economics class and there's like over 101 <laughs> economics 101 at University of Washington. There's 50,000 people, people on campus uh, from uh, undergrad all the way up to graduate and like level. like 400 of those are in your class, Yeah, right? there's like 400 <laughs> in, my, in my one class. And so it's already seven times the size <laughs> of my senior class. And I was just feeling lost. Anyway, there was, it was, you know, fall, you know, as college goes, there's all these, you know, again, boys and girls chasing each other, co-eds. There's all this it's college sexual tension everywhere and everybody's like trying to express themselves. And, <laughs> and so there's all these girls wearing hardly anything and they're all, you know, I mean, objectively yeah. attractive. Mm-hmm. And so I'm walking and I'm dating Selena at the time. And I'm like, I can't live my life like this. I feel like I, I am constantly doubting, wow, should I still be dating this girl? And I, but I knew in my heart of hearts, like, I love Selena. I want to spend my life with her. I want to ask her to marry me, hopefully someday soon. <laughs> and I'm not going to just give it up. And I, so I think by the grace of God, I had enough <laughs> wherewithal to realize that I had a good thing. <laughs> I had a good, uh, an amazing girlfriend that I want, that uh, obviously my wife now. Um, and so by the grace of God, I think he just said, you know what, make, your your girlfriend, this girl that you want to marry, you're courting her. She is she's reserved that place in your heart. Make her the standard of attraction or the standard of beauty in your life. Mm-hmm. And so this was again, fifteen. Well, this was like seventeen, six, seventeen years ago. So we've we've been married fifteen years mm-hmm. now. <laughs> and so this is before that we were dated, um, dating. So yeah, I said, uh, you know, this is fifteen years ago. How how can I make this woman my standard of beauty so that I don't constantly wonder mm-hmm. if I make the right decision. Like I just know it and I need to act on it. And so I said, okay, if they, the more they, the less they look like Selena, the less attractive they are. <laughs> and no matter what, even if it's her identical twin, she'll never be as attractive to me as Selena is because they don't have her personality. We don't have the same friendship. We don't have the history together. We don't have all these things. Mm-hmm. And so people say, Hey, you're just doing a mind trick on yourself, right? Jedi mind trick. <laughs> but like, honestly, I just started seeing like, Hey, if Selena's got brown hair, she's got brown eyes, she's five foot four. Ish. Ish. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> and, you know, she's got freckles and she's got the uh, the brown sugar thing going on. <laughs> it's like the less they look exactly like that, the less attractive they are to me. And yes, I know, okay, there's objective, like right. people might look attractive in other ways. Yes. But I just decided to say like, that's my affection is not going to go any further than her in that, in that regard. And tell you what, it changed everything. And you, by the way. Just for the record, you were always my standard of hotness. Oh yeah. Yep. Hotness. I don't, I don't know if I ever saw <laughs> another that guy that was as hot as you. Maybe, but then I was like, he's probably not funny. He's probably not friendly. Like I don't even. Oh. Uh, well, I just really like you. You're sweet. <laughs> I always really liked you. I feel like nowadays you and have kind of an were... inordinate sort of obsession in my behind. I thought you were the stuff. <laughs> I thought you were. <laughs> The most handsome guy ever for all of the time. And I never thought anything that's, else. That's okay. Thank you. That's amazing to me. I don't know. It was, it wasn't just men- mental gymnastics. Yeah. It was like, I was mental acrobatics. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> I it actually really helped me have a, a better perspective and not lose appreciation for what God had given me. And by the way, people will say, oh, Mark Driscoll had that idea. Just so you know, I think he preached that message like 10 years ago. And I talked about this 15 years ago. So True. I think he was probably there listening to that, he probably that high got school it session. From you. He probably got it from you. Anyway, he had a similar <laughs> message that he gave. You can probably find that on YouTube. Um, but anyway, so that's where that's where we're coming from mm-hmm. with this. And, and it really does help calibrate my heart 
if I'm at the gym or if I'm out and about doing anything, if I'm traveling for work, mm-hmm. I just have to remind myself, hey, Selena is because you can you can grow so uh, familiar, complacent and familiar yeah. with your spouse. And yeah. you start th- th- thinking the grass is greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. It never is. Mm-mm. It's greener where you water it. Mm-hmm. And this I'm just saying, water your grass. Mm-hmm. Find your your spouse, the person God has given you as your standard of attractiveness, because he's given to, given it to you. And actually, that's, that's actually what I'm going to talk about now. Selena, why don't you read this? We're going to go into uh, the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 9. This is a famous like marriage verse, but we oftentimes we will gloss over the part that we want to focus on today. Yes. And it's Jesus speaking, I believe to the Pharisees, um, they had questioned him about uh, divorce and they were testing him, of course, uh, during this time. But Jesus uh, answered them and he said, what therefore God has joined together, speaking of man and woman, husband and wife, let not man separate. So what therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Mm. And, you know, we hear the the end of it, let not man separate. We're like, okay, yes, let's live out our covenant. No one comes between us. Nothing mm, comes between yeah. us. Um, but our good friend Jake so graciously and awesomely reminded us that a lot of times we forget that first part of knowing and resting that assurance that God did join us together, no matter what our stories are, God brought us together and we need to fight for that covenant because he brought us together. Mm. He's, and he's saying, let, let no one separate you. Let nothing separate you from each other because I, and, and if there are things that are going to start kind of picking away that covenant, man, they better hold some serious weight and they better, well, because not, and not nothing, to say, should. nothing yeah. should, there is no, you know, in our, our mission, you know, we have, there's like no plan B. It takes a fierce tenacity to never give up and never get in, give in. never give in, <laughs> um, to keep, to stay together, to, yeah. to really live out this verse. I want to, I want to take a second though, and, and just backpedal a tiny bit because I think when people hear that, they say, Oh, you think God brought you together. And I want to just lay anything, any doubt to rest that mm-hmm. if you're married to your, your spouse, God you can trust you that together. God brought you together. Yes. Like you didn't get married and he woke up late that morning. He's like, <laughs> oh no, they got married. What am I going to do about it? <laughs> or like he missed it because he was like on vacation or looking the other way. Right. He's sovereign. He knows. He's sovereign enough to work in any situation yes, and to bring yes. you together and to to join you together. So there's this thing work. called sin, right? That yeah. messes relationships up. <laughs> and so when you get married, you might feel like it's a mistake. And we believe that marriage is not an end in itself. It's a means to a greater end in that it's a means to your sanctification. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get Jesus so you can have a better marriage. You get, you, you have marriage so you can have a better relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we, if that's the major end, then I can confidently say that God has brought you together. Mm-hmm. I can confidently say that. And so, I mean, I, I, I mean, we, we, you and I decided early on when we were dating slash courting that we weren't going to mess around. We we're going to do that if we, if we didn't think marriage was in our future, if right. that was the direction right. we were headed. We were pretty serious teenagers. <laughs> yeah. We were a little melodramatic about things, <laughs> but I'm really happy that I, that, that God was gracious in that. But essentially, uh, we could have, and I don't, yeah. I'm glad that I didn't choose another woman, but I think you could have been happy with another man. We could have probably married different people and still, quote unquote, have been brought together mm-hmm. by God. Mm-hmm. Now we weren't, so we don't we don't believe in like these different parallel universes, right? right. So this is the universe we live in. You're my <laughs> wife. You are the one that God brought me to. Right. And so this passage in that in that view 
makes a very high takes a very high view of God's sovereignty mm-hmm. in terms of your own marriage. And it says, if God has joined you together, mm. that's an active thing. He didn't yeah. just he, it it was a it was an active thing. It's like when you when we were dating, we we weren't in the will of God. We weren't, we didn't conform our dating relationship to God's ideal for a man, a male, female relationship officially. Now we were obedient in that we didn't, we weren't sexually active, all those sorts of things. We didn't live together. Mm -hmm. But when we finally got together and we said, okay, we're going to make this commitment on the altar Mm -hmm. in front of God, in front of these witnesses, in front of these people that are in our community that know us, love us, care for us, will hold us to this, Mm -hmm. will help us maintain our marriage. We put it when, when we said that, and we said, "Yes, I do. I'm I'm covenanting, making a covenant to you." Mm-hmm. That was us. That was God tying that bow, mm-hmm. right? And then we went and you know solidified our covenant and did all the fun stuff that goes along with that. <laughs> and and now we're two, now we're one flesh, right? right? So God has joined us together. Let man not separate. So that's we're just focusing on that first part of it, and that. Focusing on the fact that God joined you together and kindling your own affections, mm. stirring your affections for the one that God has given you is an immensely powerful practice. And I believe to some extent it's a it's an emotional and a mental discipline. Mm-hmm. In fact, I love how Matthew Henry, he's, a, he's an amazing commentator and scripture and a theologian. Uh, he comment, he had a commentary on this verse. He said, the bond which God has tied is not to be lightly untied. Like we talked about how he tied us together at that moment. Mm-hmm. I just love that active language that he uses to describe the underlying truth that's coming. that's happening there. Yeah, yeah. So with this bond tends to, we, we have this constant tension. We talked about that early on. Right. Where does that tension even come from? That's the thing I want to talk about for the rest of this episode is I can, I guess, revealing some of the lies that mm-hmm. culture would have us believe right. in this area. Right. So if you look at style, even back in trends the and, and trends, yeah. yeah, back in the '90s. So like right now, the '80s are all the rage, mm-hmm. right? Like it's making a resurgence. <laughs> is there's... that just you, or is I'm well, am I mean, in the dark on this? I live along, <laughs> on the kidding. internet a lot, so there's like synthwave is a big thing. Um, there's people that are you know dressing that way. You see right, a lot of right. these movies that come out and they have like this '80s throwback vibe. Right. Old video games because there's n- this nostalgia. Like people want to get back to their childhood. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> That's a whole other blog based on the human condition, <laughs> right? Podcast like blog podcast. <laughs> but blog if you were cast. if you were to look back at the '80s and when you were in the '90s. You would be like, gross. <laughs> that style is is gross. Mm-hmm. Shoulder pads and like knee high, whatever. What are those things called? Knee highs. Well, the socks. The socks. Just, uh, <laughs> strip, like stretch pants. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and like the, and the big, big hair. the big sport coats and, and stuff. The big hair. Yeah. yeah. And you, you'd be like, oh, that's, that's gross. Stuff. But now here we are in 2019. <laughs> but I still can't bring myself to wear that stuff. <laughs> well, you may not wear it, but you look back and, with some affection, right? Right. And we look at like bands like Striper and like Def Leppard <laughs> and like these big hair bands and metal <laughs> bands. And you're like, yeah, that, those were the days, right? <laughs> but like that, what, the point I'm trying to make is that human taste and cultural style and what the media gives us changes at every moment. And mm-hmm. there's reasons, there's forces at play for that, right? Mm-hmm. It's because it wouldn't be advantageous for uh, companies to sell the same thing or the styles not to evolve because it creates more economic demand. It creates this. This is a big conversation. But it creates the, <laughs> it creates a sense of discontentment, which yeah. is essentially what drives the American economy. Mm. Discontentment, advertising and marketing, mm. and all the underlying forces there. Essentially, it's again back to the human condition, greed. Big. That's a big conversation. No, to I have. think the discontentment is huge. It's it happened in the garden, right? In Genesis yes. three, the serpent tried to make yes. Eve feel discontent with her, who she was. Instead of being like God, 
right? Well, we're no, supposed instead to be... of remi- being remembering that she is made in the image of God and she is complete like perfection. He says, don't you want to be like God? And right. God's like, you're already like, you're already like, made in my image. Made, yeah. Yeah. So isn't that amazing? How, yeah. how it's not amazing. That's the wrong word, but isn't that astounding how quickly we're, our hearts are turned against us Yes. by the enemy, by sin, discontentment. by discontentment, by temptation that's outside of us. So media, the media will constantly give us new ideas of what is beautiful right. and will constantly try to change our perspective. Just like that gentleman who commented on the blog right. <laughs> and he said, it's a meaningless mind game void of value. Yeah. That to me is an is a weak mind when right. you can just be tossed by the wind yes. and you forget, oh, I love my wife because not just what she looks like, but because of who she is. Right. And all of a sudden now I'm looking this way and that because she, she doesn't have blonde hair or she's not tall and skinny and whatever and a model and right. distorted view of, you know, of reality. Right. And I mean, that, I don't mean and to go that, there, but yeah. even guys that watch a lot of pornography, they, they project what their wife should right. behave like right. in the bedroom. And she should be this basically a pornographic actress all the time. Right. And that's very, very unhealthy. I don't think I need to make the case for that. Right. But, um, but yeah, so I think it. If we focus on these things too much and we let them drive our desires, they right. drive how we view each other. Mm-hmm. We're destined for discontentment. We're destined to uh, not value, not appreciate who God has paired us with. Right. And even, you know, in the Bible, I believe it was Paul that was talking about, you know, if you've, if you've, if you're lusting after a woman in your heart, then that's pretty much the act of adultery. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to get past it's hard we kind of like let ourselves off the hook i think when mm-hmm. we allow our eyes to wander or we kind of let our minds i hate to use the word fantasize but i think that's the right word of fantasize mm-hmm. about being with someone else not just sexually but even relationally maybe there's an emotional deficit like on the wife's side you know the, or the mm-hmm. husband is not paying attention to her and she's getting attention from other places then she might go there in her mind and think maybe this is the better guy maybe i did marry the mm-hmm. wrong one I I find that really interesting that phrase that you used emotional deficit. I feel like that's what that's what drives us to these places of mm-hmm. discontentment and comparison and eventually to find you know try to find our affections or place our affections elsewhere outside of our covenant. Yeah. Outside of our covenant because we we, we operate at a deficit now. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is you can't, at some point in your marriage, you're going to feel like you're operating at a deficit, right? Your spouse is going to fail you. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they're not going to give you what you need at that exact moment. And they're not going to respond the exact way that you need them to. And that's why we have to remember this covenant is a, it's an arena, right? And we're operating inside this arena. It exists for our sanctification. And in those moments when we're operating at a deficit are those moments when we learn to run to our savior. Mm-hmm. We learn to run to Jesus to find our true identity, our our true fulfillment, mm-hmm. our true every need as fulfilled in him. Right? So right. I I don't know. I find so anything that the world can do or the enemy can do, I should say, to get us to look outside our covenant and to short circuit that process, mm-hmm. that sanctification process, that learning to love despite the feelings of lack of love. Mhm. If he, if we he can short circuit that process in our marriages, then our marriages will lose their power, and eventually they'll they'll fall apart, mm-hmm. right? But the more we lean on him, the the more we lean on Jesus, the more we run to Jesus in those times, the stronger we become. Absolutely, and sometimes I think we it's good to enjoy you know our marriage, our covenant. It's good to enjoy and have some of those easy moments of being together, some of that familiarity. You like being around each other, and I think it's 
it's important for that connection to happen. But in those times mm. of feeling like he is not enough or she is not enough, that you are just not feeling um, that they are loving you well, I think that it it forces you to go to God. And it mm-hmm. absolutely mm. forces you to lean into Jesus, to dive into the word, because Jesus is enough. I it, It's hard to hear. It's hard for me to hear. Easy to say, but hard to hear that Jesus is sufficient no matter what your spouse is doing. I have a question for you, mm-hmm. and it's uh, I'll, I'll I won't leave it. I won't leave you hanging on it. Okay. But <laughs> is it right or wrong for a husband or a wife to desire for his own wife or her own husband to you know be physically fit or to work on their physical appearance? Is that a shallow desire, or is that a desire that's rooted in sin somehow? Hmm. I mean, I think that, right, it's about, it's about who you're becoming, right? It's not about what you do necessarily, but it's about who you're becoming. And so if I'm becoming, I don't think it's bad for me to want you to enjoy working out or you to do something that keeps you uh, walking in stewardship of your body, I guess, is kind of the perspective I would take. How about a less gray example, like... (laughs) Like if you want your husband or your wife to brush their teeth daily, is that a lot to ask? Well, okay. But it's who I am. You should just be content with that. (laughs) Right. So if you take the argument to the extreme, it starts to sound ridiculous, right? Of course you want your spouse to be pleasing to you. You don't want them to stink. You don't want them to look (laughs) ugly. And ideally they wouldn't look ugly to you no matter how. But the thing is, is we see, we talked about this in the first time we recorded this. (laughs) So I'm glad we're getting back around to it is that. I think it was C.S. Lewis. I think maybe it might be misattributed to him. But this this quote that says, you're not, a, you're, you're not a body and you have a soul. Instead, you are a soul and you have a body. Mm. Something to that effect. Right. That's not an exact quote. Um, but it keeps your perspective right. on the whole being versus the just the physical. You know, because if, if you were to hook up with someone else, you know it would be purely physical. There is no... I mean, not entirely, I guess. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I've never... I'm just saying... I if, just, that's like if I emotional if you affairs see someone, are a thing too. Yes, yes. Emotional affairs usually lead to the physical ones, right? So by the time it's physical, it's usually more than physical. Although there okay. are, there well, are, I take it back. But it, to me, I imagine examples. that if if something was to happen like that with us, I feel like it would it would be so shallow and it would be so meaningless. And well, yeah, I mean I, that's one of the biggest deterrents I have. But maybe I, I shouldn't go there. Okay, so <laughs> real transparent moment here. Uh, you've probably heard us talk about this a lot. We're not like gym rats. Right. Mm-mm. But that's like the one thing that we do that we, we do it together. We really it's enjoy it. It's actually been pretty good for our marriage. And another couple in our community group has started doing it too. And they're yeah. like, it's actually really fun. And we've been <laughs> working some things out, like literally not just, yeah. <laughs> not just our bodies, but working yeah. relational things out. And you can throw a medicine ball as hard as you want at somebody. <laughs> not and at they have somebody. To catch it. Slam it to the ground. <laughs> okay. Slam it to the ground. We're not doing that workout together, apparently. <laughs> um, but so we go to the gym periodically and I do go alone mm-hmm. most of the time. And you go to, you have your gym that you go to, but we once in a while we'll go together mm-hmm. and that's amazing. My bucket gets utterly filled in those <laughs> moments. Um, and yours too. We have, you have a good time as well. So I'm, I'm told, uh, but when I'm alone there, it's, it's real easy to like, there's all kinds of fit ladies yeah. walking around. It's easy to posture ourselves and kind of be yeah. like, and everybody's kind of yeah, like, they, nobody's like. It's it's the YMCA, so it's not like <laughs> it's not like twenty four hour fitness right. or LA fitness where it's like more of a meat market. <laughs> it's the YMCA, experience. so it's mostly people it's like us oriented. who have families. Yes. So there's not any like active, hey, let's pick up, you know, let's 
go pick up girls at the gym. <laughs> there's not any of that that I know of, but I still get the sense there's people wanting to know that they're being validated and okay, mm-hmm. I, I'm still being attractive. At, I still got being, it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. And so I have to bounce a lot there. I have to be, I have to think, okay, if Selena were here, how could I honor her if she, mm-hmm. as if she were standing right next to me, listening to my conversation? I don't have any conversations at the gym. I just listen to very heavy music at the gym. <laughs> to Nobody get you to hard. Yeah. And I have a really mean look on my face all the time. <laughs> um, but if there's ever this, like we're in a, uh, in a, again, transparency time, if we're in a bad moment in our own relationship mm-hmm. and if I, you know, if I'm feeling a little, like I'm wavering mm-hmm. in my affections towards you and I have, a, there's a crack in yeah. that, in that wall, so to speak. Uh, I remember that this person that, you know, if I'm trying to get their attention or I've never actively tried to get some other girl's attention, <laughs> to the gym, like, like 99, 100, <laughs> you hear me? I did a hundred reps. I don't know if you heard that. Um, I don't actively try to do that, but I'm just in my own head. Right. Right. I think that person, okay. I have no idea who that person is. We don't mm-hmm. share history. We don't share beliefs. Right. We don't like, we don't agree on any, like, as far as I know, we agree on nothing. Yeah. It's purely physical. This like this. Yes. Tendency and to, I like, think that's what I was meaning. Yeah. Like in totally physical, totally this tendency to be like, Oh, you're validating me because you're checking me out. So yeah. I'm going to validate you and check you mm-hmm. out. And then la la la, you know, just kind of goes from there. And it's, it's it's always shifting, right? Because our bodies are always changing. <laughs> so you're, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, and that's thing, why if you truly. fall in love, like if you see your spouse as somebody who is a soul who mm-hmm. has a body, their body will be beautiful because you fall in love with their soul and mm-hmm. you take everything with it, right? I'll take I'm in love with you, mind, soul, and body, and I'll take anything that comes along with mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. who that's you sweet. are. So. I think that was kind of our story a little bit because I don't think I fell in love with your looks quite as quickly as I fell in love with your mind. You said I was the hottest guy you've ever, yeah. After sophomore year. You sit on a throne of lies. (laughs) Okay. The first time I like, (laughs) I started crushing on you, I guess, was in our English class. You started speaking up and you said these really insightful Hmm. sentences about, I don't know, remember what we were reading, but I was just like. Wow. Romeo. He's oh, Romeo. so smart. Actually, I think it was Shakespeare, but it wasn't that one. <laughs> no, I think it was like the Scarlet Letter. Hamlet or something. Or something. <laughs> no. Anyways, it, I just remember like, thinking, wow, he's really smart and he's super articulate. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's he's not bad looking. Like, that was my order of identifying you as, okay. you know, so. You're just so deep. You're no, deep and then person. as we got, you know, grew older and then we were in college, I was just like, gosh, you're just... You're just the cutest guy ever. I don't know anybody else that's this hot and cute. And well, I think it's because we have the relationship, the friendship that yeah, goes along with agreed. it. And so when we laugh, you see the little funny things that you do. Yes. Like the way you make me laugh is just because we have the history together. Right. And, and so remembering oh, each other's soul yeah. and remembering your friendship, I think, is the greatest battle against this temptation to find other people attractive. And compare your and own. And then yeah. from that foundation of you're my friend, I can say... This is why you're the most beautiful person to me in the entire world. And no one can ever measure up to you. Hmm. And that bleeds over into your physical appearance as well. But it has to do with coming from your soul, starting at who you are as a person, as a, as a woman created, created in God's image. Right. And as, as my second half. Right. Right. And that just completely fights off that whole comparison Mm -hmm. game. Uh, It gives as a wife, you know, it definitely assures me and gives me confidence in Mm -hmm. knowing that. You know, I'm your foundation of beauty that Mm -hmm. no matter when, like, it's right after I've had a baby, you're still just like, you're you're the hottest. I think you're most attractive then, by the way. (laughs) You're the hottest wife ever, you know. I just watched you go through Beirut. (laughs) Like, it was just... (laughs) 
my Anyways, goodness. so it's a battle zone. Yes, and, and there's you've made it through. Yes, with the babies. And there's so it, it gives me a sense of yes, confidence and assurance. And I see that in the life of our church as well. I just wanted to do a quick blurb on blurb on that. Blurb, um, blurb, blurb with a B. <laughs> blurred, not a, not a blurb. A blurt, <laughs> blurp, blurp. <laughs> blurb now he's just laughing at me (laughs) i feel like in our church husbands and it is not a perfect church obviously we're all humans so we're all in this level playing field called the sinner's playing field right right of life and so we all need grace we all need grace but for the most part i've i've never felt so i guess confident and assured that every man is has eyes for his wife and no one is out to hmm. have a relationship with another person's spouse. And they're also very aware and respectful of how they interact with each mm-hmm. other while they're at church or, you know, if they're in the hallway talking to someone else. It's not like these long conversations that yeah. get in depth about things that probably shouldn't be talking about anyways. But it's, I think there's a respect for everybody's yeah. covenant in their marriage. And we're, we're very all advocating young for it. Yeah. Everybody's advocating for each other's mm-hmm. marriage simply by respecting each other's spouses simply by having eyes for their own spouse, right? you know, and allowing that confidence to kind of bloom. in I think each wife, um, I don't see, I see moms that are just much more confident mm-hmm. in who they are and what they're doing, you know, in this, mm. in their realm of <laughs> motherhood and wifehood and all of that. So, so for example, I would never go up to, uh, if there's just a, a wife or a lady standing by herself at church, I would never be like, Hey, I'm Ryan. Let's talk. Right. Instead, I would, I would, I'd be more likely to, now if somebody looked like they were crying and they had just like prayer or something and there's nobody around, I might go get you and say, okay, let's pray for this girl together. (laughs) Right. Right. But I'm more likely to engage with the husband because I feel like that's respectful to her. That's respectful to him. Mm -hmm. And then you would engage with the wife and we would talk and we'd all be friends. There's no reason we can't talk to everyone, talk to everyone. Right. But I think there's this mutual respect that says, Hey, I'm, I'm not, I, I, because you get I'm not looking it starts for anything to feel here. creepy if like yeah, you're talking to somebody yeah. and they're talking to you, yeah. uh, the husband's talking to you yeah. and like ignoring me. Right. That's going to make me feel disrespected. Right. It's going to, and so I try to honor Absolutely. other men in that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. I think so, it's a way of honoring each other's covenant, advocating for each other, you know, fighting against that comparison and just being brothers and sisters in Christ right. and loving each other well. So, and that's a unique thing. And, um, I, okay, our church so, is not perfect, but no. that's just one thing that I've, grown to notice over the years of being there. So I want to, I want to take this next of uh, the final few minutes and I want to make this very practical for mm-hmm. people. Okay. So what does this look like making your husband or your wife, your standard of attraction, your standard of beauty mm-hmm. in your life consciously? So I'm just going to read this quickly. This is from the blog post as it goes, here's how it works in this. I'm, I'm a husband talking to wives. So wives translate this for your own use. <laughs> take your wife as she is height, weight, hair color, eye color, voice, mannerisms, everything, and set her apart in your mind. Now, instead of comparing her to other women, compare other women to her. The less they look like her, exactly as she is, the less attractive they are. In other words, your wife is the ultimate example of beauty, one that can never be matched. Now, it's tricky. It's tricky because I don't mean to say that you are constantly, you know, measuring, you know, measuring your wife against other women or constantly looking at other women or other guys with this critical eye. But I'm saying if you are struggling with this, just remember the woman or the man that God has given you and set them as your ultimate standard and then realize that they are the center of your attraction, the attraction that you hold uh, for your spouse. 
So what does it, what effect does this have on a wife or on a husband? I think is where I want to make it more tangible even. So men, you can expect to have this effect on your wives, husbands, wives. You can expect to have this effect on your husbands. It's, it gets confusing <laughs> it gets talking confusing. like that. Um, there's three things and there's more than this, but three I want to call attention to. The first one is as husbands comparing your wife to other women will become more and more ridiculous. The the more you place mm-hmm. them as your standard. Yes. So yeah, if you standard set, you of set, desire. Yeah, thank you yeah, for set that. that. Set them as your standard and they, it will seem ridiculous to compare her to other women. Cause mm-hmm. you'll see, what am I even doing? Mm-hmm. This is outlandish. This is the woman I love. This is the one I've been like, you are literally the wife of my youth. <laughs> How could I dare even mm-hmm. think about throwing that away or, or even cracking that door mm-hmm. in a way that might seem innocuous, but I guarantee is always damaging. So that's the first one. It'll be ridiculous. Secondly, Wives will gain confidence or husbands will gain confidence knowing they are the very foundation of attraction in your eyes. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that kind of how in our church, mm-hmm. uh, we feel like that is a real, a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you for that. I'm, it, it gives me confidence knowing that you think that I'm just a stallion, a silver <laughs> fox, as you call me. <laughs> Not yet. I'm getting there. <laughs> getting there. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be great. Uh, for yeah, me. It'll be it. great for me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, bring it on. Bring on the silver hair. Okay. Number three, you will never tire of their beauty and or attractiveness. You'll see them as remarkable through every stage of life. I think, I think you know, because men are constantly, you know, uh, the more... Uh, constantly called the more visual mm-hmm. of the sexes, right? More visually oriented. I think this applies to men looking at their wives a mm-hmm. little bit, a little bit more viscerally for mm-hmm. me. And that after, you know, when you're aging, the wrinkles show up, we have smile lines, you have, mm-hmm. you know, different smile wrinkles that show up. And mm-hmm. especially after you have kids, there's mm-hmm. stretch marks, there's your body changes in, in amazing, okay. incredible ways. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not like, what's on the office? Ryan says, there's no reason a woman should gain more than eight pounds during pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with that. I think, I think okay, obviously that's a show. That's a dramatization. Um, and I think it's like, you, you don't have that attitude toward your wife, right? It's like, right. this is, you're going through this. Let's get through this together. And what happens to your body? Like we're going through that together. Right. And I'm not going to just get bitter if you gain more weight than you should, or mm-hmm. it takes you longer to get the extra weight off or. Well, I think the concern is, is typically deeper. You know, if, if you're gaining weight or you're not able to, mm. you know, go to the gym or you're feeling, I mean, what is that a symptom of? You know, I think that's really where we're starting to ask the questions of maybe I am making you my standard, you know, of attraction and I love you. And because I love you, I'm a little worried about maybe some of the things that might be going on as a result of what's happening, not to be manipulative, not to be, um, you know, undermining or anything, but just Mm. saying, Hey, I've, I'm seeing these patterns. You have to, that means you have to give it a lot of time to actually happen and see a pattern Mm. and say, is there, how can I help you? I feel like there's some things that are, we're struggling with and, you know, I know that you, I know you personally, you do like to go to the gym and when you're not able to, I want to, how can I help you in that? And how can I, not because, you make not fun because of me I want to get a little extra not, rotund. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> you don't make fun of you. You you're playfully one, no, jest. No, you're the one that's always like, this is why you shouldn't make cookies. <laughs> <So> whatever. <laughs> it's going straight to my hands. <laughs> I think your hands are no matter what. <laughs> It gives me a flat tire. No, but it's not, again, it's not like because I want you to look the best and be the strongest of all the men at the YMCA. It's because I love you and I want you to feel strong and confident and able to do what God's calling you to do in those moments. Well, and to, and 
I hear what you're saying, but we also, your confidence is not going to come from your physical strength, right? And your physical fitness and all right. that. Your confidence Because I is... lift like a thousand pounds and it just well, doesn't change me. I've already me. peaked. So. <laughs> no, no but I know what you're saying. It, it makes it, uh, working out is a good thing for your health. And I think that's what we talked about with you. And I don't want to belabor this point, but it's more about you feeling healthy and strong and having, not strong, like lifting strong, but no. just like you wake up with energy, well, and you, you got can, vitality. It's a mental and, thing too of yeah. saying, I can do hard things. Like I can do hard things. It may not, I may not be able to do it the first time I try. I don't, I won't be able to, but I, I can work towards that. And that's okay to well, work towards ago, those things. You would have had a hard time saying that. And yes, I would yeah. have. And I would have been very defensive about it as well. But anyways, I don't want to keep this as a, a purely physical uh, episode. Yep. I want to keep this also as like, you know, advocating and loving your spouse, their soul, knowing that their body mm. is just a part of their soul um, and why we have eyes for each other and desire for each other. It's not so that we can take an Instagram picture and be like, look, I have the sexiest husband alive, even though mm. I do. But it's really to say, you are my standard. We are in this covenant. My eyes are fixed my heart, my life, and obviously everything is fixed on Jesus, but yeah. he's, God has brought us together and I don't want anything to separate us. I, let no man separate us. Let no, right, let my eyes right. not look somewhere else to begin to untie that knot and not just, again, not just physically, but not, maybe you, you do know someone else's soul of the, un, the other gender. And I would caution anybody who does, who's outside of your marriage, right? but yeah walk in this confidence of looking to your spouse, desiring mm -hmm. your spouse, make those your habits. And I guess that would be the couple's challenge would be to just start small and maybe write, no, it probably depends on where you're at, but maybe harder, not maybe difficult or not to write this, but I would say write three things that you, you love that are like only your spouse. I would, I would say have one be physical and like two of them be not physical. Funny, the first time we recorded this, you said make two of them physical. I know. Now I'm going the other way. Just, just love that soul, man. Just love, love the that soul. soul. That's, that's the our body's motto. body's just a part of the soul. Yeah. Well, that's good. I really appreciate that. And then um, share it with each other, obviously. Or you yeah. can write them together. Yeah. Yeah. So I think. I, I like your dark hair. These. <laughs> thank you. These, I like how you make me laugh. <laughs> and I really like your smile. Is that physical or is that? <laughs> I think a smile is soul deep. I think so too. <laughs> Done. All right, done. Wham. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, so this is these are definitely tools, okay? And they're tools, this idea of, a, you know, setting your standard of beauty. I just want to calibrate this conversation a little bit in that it's a tool to use to get at the deeper thing, which is a deep connection. It's lasting meaning and it's stability mm -hmm. and not always wondering and, and w being wishy-washy about your marriage, right? Knowing that God brought you together and, and then don't let anything separate that. Mm. And so this big, this tool goes down to a deep truth. And that's the hope is that that would help you mm -hmm. in those small moments so that that deep truth can continue to be the theme mm. and not, and not maybe a lie that you might that's believe good. otherwise. Agree. So anyway, I just want to reiterate that verse because it's just, it, to Mark me, 10, yeah, nine. Mark ten nine. it's what therefore God has joined together. Let man, let not man separate. So just remember that folks. Mm. Selena, I'm going to pray for okay. us as we, as we head out for the day. God, thank you for these couples listening to it. I pray that you would strengthen their marriage, strengthen their sense of, uh, the sense of sovereignty they have in you and you brought them together. I mm -hmm. pray that that would be so clear in their minds. If they're in a shaky place right now, or they feel uncertain, or they feel, um, unfulfilled or, or even bitter 
or angry or if they're in that, that side of the spectrum, I pray that you would be their joy, be their hope in that moment. Help them to see their spouse the same way they saw them on their wedding day, mm-hmm. the same day they saw them when they were dating. That this man or woman, you brought them to you brought them together, mm-hmm. Father, that they would um, that they would flourish and that their marriage would be a means to a greater end of knowing you and glorifying you and being sanctified and being molded into your image, Jesus. I pray for the marriages that are feeling like they're in a strong place. I pray that you continue to strengthen them, strengthen their faith, help them to see outside of their own marriage and to uh, helping other people in their community, helping other couples friends of theirs, neighbors, whoever it may be. I pray that you'd use them as your hands and feet in their community. Thank you so much, Lord, for your grace. Jesus, you are everything. In your precious name, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is... In the can for the second time. For the second time. <laughs> it's in the second. Uh, it's in the can with that other garbage episode that we put in there. <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you in about seven days. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you haven't yet, go ahead and leave a rating and a review. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage is how you can be a part of everything that's happening here. God has been gracious. We'd love for you to join arms with us. And if you have any questions, 971-333-1120. And other than that, we will see you in about seven days. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.